Mr. Shivers? Yeah. I love his scent. It's like mint and B.O. It works. Once again, I'm laughing because I can't help it. You picked the weirdest quotes for these movies. I know. (laughs) So uh, welcome, everyone, to another edition of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian. And I'm Kelly. And uh, welcome, all of you people that listen on a regular basis. And welcome to our brand new listeners because I know they're out there as well. So just wanted to take some time to say hello and uh, hope, hopefully you enjoy the show tonight. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know anymore. We kind of just pick random movies now. And <laughs> it either works or it doesn't. Uh, it's just kind of the way it is. So we did, we did mention on last week's show that we are doing Goosebumps. And we are going to do Goosebumps. So I'm happy about it. I don't know. Kelly, I have not talked to you about it. I just asked you to watch the movie. So I have no idea what your opinion truly is on this. So what are your first impressions um, it's a good kids movie, and I can see where it would probably inspire a new generation to read the books because it intrigues you without giving away what the hell's going on here. I can agree with that. Yeah, I, I think I'm fine with that. So this is so Goosebumps actually came out uh, October of 2015. So we're not too far off, and I think the Blu-ray recently came out. Just not, came out. Yeah, just came out. So it's a good time. It's a good time to be doing this. It's also out on Netflix. So that's how I found it. Because I was going to, I was going to get it on Redbox or something like that. Uh, but saw it on Netflix. Said this would be a perfect time. I was a big fan of the books as a kid. Now, Kelly, you had said before you did not read any of the books. I think I read maybe two or okay. three. Like, I was not a collector. But that wasn't really a. I didn't know a lot of girls who did. Like, it was mostly all the all the boys always had goosebumps. Sure, and that I mean. You know, nowadays you can't say things like that, Kelly. But back in the day, sure. <laughs> but what's true? Yeah. What's What's great about Goosebumps is it was really that that literal stepping stone to Stephen King to other horror writers. I mean, that's that's how I got started. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I'd say it's the first kids genre book that's on a more spooky scary level versus you know fa- off it's instead of it being an all fantasy based and not only that you it's those kind of books where you actually do care about the characters it's one of the first book series where you you get an emotional attachment to characters that aren't even around for that long because the books aren't very long like you if you're no, as, no. An, as an adult you can knock those out in a couple hours whatever maybe at maybe even less than that. I'm not sure, depending on how fast you're, you're reading. But in general, they are well put together stories for maybe a little bit younger than young adults. But even then, they are dealing with death and they're dealing with a lot of quote unquote scary things as well. And I think he moved on to the Fear Street series, which is a little bit more young adult, possibly. I don't know. That's kind of where I was gone by the time Fear Street came around. So I might be off on that one. But I really enjoyed Goosebumps. I also enjoyed when they had the TV show uh, because they did the TV. Sh- I remember running home from like elementary school or middle school to watch it on a Friday afternoon. Uh, that was like the big thing. It's like, hey, you got to watch Goosebumps because you'll never get to see it again. So wait, that's just that. So did you? Would you say because you read the books, you prefer Goosebumps over Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, that's a tough one. 
Let, I, I don't know. I liked our, I think I think they were in the same vein. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see a whole lot of difference because there were definitely twists in both and that was a lot of what they were built on. I mean, look, M Night Shyamalan has built his career by trying his hardest to <laughs> rip off those two series and he's done a terrible job. Yeah. I mean, you can look at the twists that they have in Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark and it blows away anything. Like once you do it classically, it can't be redone. Like and almost all the books have it and there's a quote by uh by R.L. Stein in the movie uh that we'll get to much much later. That's uh, that kind of talks about that a little bit but i was a big fan of both of them but i think maybe it was goosebumps over are you afraid of the dark because with goosebumps you're right i did read the books and then saw the series and then went on from there all right you were familiar with the brand yeah exactly i mean that's that's why i was interested enough in seeing what was going on with this movie because i went ahead and i wasn't I wasn't like, oh no, when I saw the trailer. I didn't go, oh no, a Goosebumps movie, they're going to fuck it up. Like, I was actually intrigued, even though I wasn't going to go see it in the theater. No, yeah. Yeah, I was intrigued enough because what I thought was great was they, uh, right away, you knew they weren't doing one story, which would have been impossible. Uh, There's no way you just put one Goosebumps book into a movie and go from there. This was a great way to incorporate a lot of the books together. And still have the heart and the soul that a Goosebumps book had. Because you do get attached to these characters. I think it's well done. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I almost teared up at least twice in this movie. Because <laughs> it, it hit me the way the books used to. Like it, Aww. Yeah, it was very, they were very well written for horror things where you didn't... I mean, how many times in a horror movie do you really get attached to the characters when they're just getting slashed and killed? You know what I mean? You don't get that chance unless it's the heroine in the movie. Well, that's because that's the only character development. Usually all the, the minor characters have no character development. This one, they actually do give you backgrounds on pretty much everybody. Yeah, there's a lot of background. Uh, it's also, I mean, the movie starts off, and we'll, we'll come back to the actual movie again, but the movie starts off with the lead character, Zach, coming into a new school. So I always... I always latch on to that right away because I was always a new kid, which we've talked about when we did the faculty and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so right away, but he rarely has any interaction in the school. It's not even that. He doesn't get bullied. He doesn't have any of those issues. Uh, the story is way out of the school until pretty much the end. So yeah, yeah. so right away it had it had me. But well, let's just get these. Uh, let's get the background stuff uh, right away. So the tagline I found was, uh, the stories are alive. Right, I, yeah, there's two. The stories are alive or you will believe in monsters. It's, they both work. Yeah, they both work pretty well for this. For IMDb, it's a 6.4 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes is a 77, which is pretty good. And Metacritic's nice. a 60%. So I, I'd, I'd say that's about right. It's, yeah. it's a movie you can definitely take young adult slash kids to while still having enough inside jokes for the parents that might have read the books, maybe. God, we're in that age category already. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, I guess. I mean, I, I didn't even think about it that way awesome. until you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, because I'm trying yeah. to think, would, would people who were like 22 have read these books? I'm not even sure. Maybe Fear Street. Maybe they went to Fear Street or The Next Generation. I mean, if you look at how many books R.L. Stein put out, it's amazing how many he did. Uh, Just the Goosebumps books alone 
were in the high 60s and then he added more he added those uh those books where you get to uh choose your ending or whatever or choose your see i read those ones oh yes and you you gotta jump back and forth and you kept your finger so you were like oh no i didn't do it no i'm back i'm back it's okay (laughs) Uh, yeah, I ended up just reading those. I did the front way story of what I would have done, and then I read all the outcomes at the end and, and went through that way. But yeah, he he did some of those, and then he did Fear Street, and he did a bunch of stuff. But yeah, I I'm I was a big fan of the Goosebumps book. I would recommend them to parents that wanted to get the, that want to get their kids into reading certain things like that. But I would also say maybe even the like you said the movie might bring a brand new generation into reading the books. So that is absolutely a possibility. Yeah. So in general, uh, I did very much enjoy this movie. So we'll go through more uh, as it, as it comes up in the actual story. I could have used maybe more monsters from books that I really liked, but I actually realized that more of the books that I liked were more character driven without the actual monster creatures in them because it's kind of the same way i am with regular movies i don't care about monster movies i don't care about godzilla right you know that kind of stuff i don't care about any of those type of movies so in this one obviously there's the huge praying mantis and there's and that's from uh a shocker on shock street which i actually did read but that one actually kelly you would have liked as a kid because that's about uh two kids that sneak into an amusement park and they go in by themselves and start testing these crazy rides that end up being horror-driven rides. And it turns out the big twist, spoiler alert, you know, if you're going to read A Shocker on Shock Street, you know, <laughs> five seconds. Uh, but <laughs> what they, it turns out is it looks like they're both going to die or it looks like they're being chased by someone and they don't know what's going on. It turns out that they're actually robots that the amusement park built to test the rides. They're not even real. So these people that you were connected to the whole time. Right. Yeah. It turns, so those, that's a good little AI. twist. Yeah. That's a good right. little twist for a kid's book. You know what I mean? I mean, that's M. Night Shyamalan can't even come up with something that good. Uh, but yeah, so they have the um, the abominable snow snowman of, uh, or yeah, abominable snowman of Pasadena. Uh, they have uh, the werewolf of Fever Swamp. They have all the, if you remember these Goosebumps books, they're all over this movie. That's that's one of the big monster-driven parts of it. Uh, so yeah, so I think uh, why don't we start? Why don't we start talking about the actual movie itself and go through it? Sounds good. Okay. Oh, by the way, Danny Elfman is the music composer for this. I thought it was good. No, I yeah, I got nothing again. It's just one of those. Just Danny Elfman cracks me up. Like he doesn't get that. Like everybody goes for. Um, John Williams, for some oh, reason, sure. is, is the epic. But I think Danny's got some good stuff. He did all the Batman stuff. He did, yeah. I mean, all every episode of The Simpsons. Did, too. Nuts. I mean, it, just go to his IMDb, IMDb page and look down at the list of, like, masterpiece works he's done. Like, So I thought he did a good job with this. It's, I mean, we're not going to explain every single music cue in this movie. But the first one is a very nice, like, kind of adventurous... Uh, horror-driven type intro because they're driving. It's it's just uh, Zach and his mom, and they're driving to Madison, Delaware, from uh, New York City. And I guess his father had passed away like a year ago. They're starting brand new. She's a vice principal, and Madison, Delaware, is a very small town. Apparently, I guess you know the intro of the movie right away is him making a joke of 
you know, hey, mom, couldn't you have tried anywhere else like Guantanamo Bay? And she, you know, jokes around with them. And he's like, what about uh, North was, Korea? Yeah, North Korea. And she says, ah, they didn't call me back. And then he's just like, Detroit? Detroit. Yeah. And then they go on. So, I mean, right there, that's a little more adultish humor type thing that a kid's not right. going to understand. Uh, but they, you get the dynamic that because the father isn't around, that they have that more of a friendship vibe kind of thing since it's a single mom and the single child, that kind of thing. I was actually a little surprised that they didn't have a second child in the movie because a lot of the books often have two kids. Uh, but that's where Hannah probably comes in. Yeah, well, Hannah, yeah, but I think Champ is definitely – it has that younger brother – what are we doing kind of a feel to him champ is an amazing character by the <laughs> way we'll, we'll get to champ for sure because <laughs> he is great uh but they they show up they show up at the house and uh the aunt shows up aunt lorraine <gasps> she's my favorite is she your favorite yeah she's yeah, absolutely she's from workaholics and she was the bad guy in 22 jump street and she has her own show she's in a ton of random stuff she's right. the bigger gal i forget what her name is uh jillian bell yeah there you go and she's very good uh pretty much everything that she does uh she's pretty good in uh comedically and it's the same here as soon as she walks in she starts making new york jokes like it's like it's actually humorous starts putting down the kid right away put down zach saying hey he was you know she's like oh you're so handsome i mean you're an ugly baby but <laughs> for a really long time <laughs> for a like, really long time but she's like phew we made it out like yeah. you're not gonna go back you can't go back yeah. you're good yeah. you can't go back which is pretty good and then uh apparently she has a bedazzling business awesome so she takes a a denim hat <laughs> <laughs> Which is already bad a enough. A denim New York Yankees hat. Now, I'm not surprised that they would sell out and have all of that shit to sell. Like, not that. But then she has bedazzled it with bright diamond gems yes. all over the hat. Very Vegas. Yes, very, very Vegas. Uh, very affliction, maybe-ish. <laughs> Affliction-ish. <laughs> and... Uh, he obviously does not want to put the hat on. You know, she's like, oh, it's limited edition. You won't be seeing a lot of guys wearing that. And he's like, yeah, I, I would imagine so, it being so limited edition and all. Uh, and then his mom makes him put the hat on, you know, as he's going out to get the boxes. So, this is a, you know, it's a good little back and forth. It's a good dynamic. Uh, but right. <laughs> when he goes out, that's when you're first introduced to Hannah. Hannah is the next door neighbor. And she makes fun of him for having the hat on. You know, she's saying it's a gift to me and everyone else that gets to see you in the hat. Yeah. Um, so she's got that sassy, snarky, uh, you know, next door neighbor thing going. But then she hears a sound in the background and it's creepy. She has to leave. She goes, I got to go. And it's gone. And he's kind of still looking up, you know, hey, nice talking to you kind of thing. And then all of a sudden Jack Black appears and he is Mr. Shivers. Uh, that was the quote that Kelly uh, that C Kelly graced us with at the beginning of the show. Uh, oh, yeah. He he has his stern face on his stern Jack Black face, and says, uh, "Never talk to her. Never come over here. You see that fence? Stay on the other side, or something bad will happen to you." Like right away, you're like, "Oh, what's going on here?" That kind of thing. So they've set their protagonist up. Uh, very well in the first part of this. So he goes back into the house. That's where Lorraine kind of makes her comments about how she's attracted to him 
uh, somehow, Mr. Shivers. Mm. <laughs> do you want to do it again? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So uh, he, uh, you know, he's kind of making fun of it. He's like, oh, he's not really my type, you know, that kind of thing. And she's like, oh, it works for me. Uh, but then as they're unpacking boxes, his mom, you know, picks up a picture of his dad and him practicing baseball or whatever. So he kind of shuts down a little bit uh, and goes upstairs to his room. Uh, and they never talk about how the father died. No. And it's really not that important to the story. Well, then it's kids movie, so they usually don't dive into that. Like, you just know he's not there. What about like something like fucking uh, Big Hero 6 where the brother dies at the beginning? And you're like, what the fuck? Like, why was that needed? Yeah, but that's classic Disney. Name a Disney movie that has two parents. Um, they always kill them off. I'm Pixar bat- is notorious for it. Well, that's true. They're tugging everyone's heartstrings. Yeah. yeah. Very, very true. I mean, hey, uh, they did it in Jumanji. And this this movie reminds me of Jumanji. For yeah, sure. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just the way everything, you know, they go to a different set piece and there's another obstacle they have to get by, you know, right, that right. kind of thing. So, yeah, All the ju- fun CGI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it worked. I think I don't think I ever had a problem with the CGI in this movie either. I thought it was cartoony, but realistic enough to work in what they were trying to do. Right. You know, nothing, nothing of an issue there. So when he goes upstairs, he's got his box of dad stuff, and he's he's watching a video of his dad and him, you know, play catch, or, you know, throw, you know, do that kind of thing. And then he's got the box labeled dad stuff, and he puts it under his bed like that's gonna come up later again, but it doesn't. So <laughs> that whole thing is behind everyone really right uh, that kind of thing uh so then it's first day of school and it turns out i think i even said it his mom oh by the way who is played by who is holly from the new office from the office yeah yep. amy ryan amy ryan yeah she's very good as well uh oh in my most God. Of, yeah most of the things that she does she's good in this movie too even though she has a a watered down part yeah, yeah yeah i mean not as much comedy on her end which is fine because there's enough from a lot of the other supporting characters and i was actually surprised who else was in this movie where i was like oh my god well we'll have to talk about that then well yeah yeah but she i mean she's got the mom comedy down no you know, yeah. that's that's the good part she's got the single mom comedy down with the single kid kind of thing so they're talking and he's telling her hey you know like don't walk in with me this is my first day and that has its own perils but to come in with the vice principal, like, give me 60 seconds. And she starts counting down like she's going to chase him and, like, kiss him or something in front of everyone. Right, right, right. Yeah, that kind of thing. So one of your rare school interactions, basically, is he's waiting for the initial assembly. And this is where you meet Champ, who is fucking great. Champ is, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming they're around 16. I'm assuming they're freshmen yeah, or sophomores. Yeah, that's sophomore. what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not an opening. This isn't the first day of school. This is no, school no, no. Well, has been it's because it's a new pr- principal or vice, vice principal, principal, so they got to introduce them to like they always do that when you get a new like we have a new gym coach. Yeah. And you're like, yay. And they have a dance on like Friday or whatever or Thursday right. or something like that. So semi-formal. Champ's got a green shirt on that has two huge thumbs saying like this guy on it, which is amazing. <sighs> I just look. Sometimes you gotta latch on to certain characters that you know are true. Great. Uh, and he is a he's a toothy fellow. Uh, if you if you see him, <laughs> which I think that's probably the nicest way to say that. Oh, okay. I'm an, I like Champ. I like Champ. Yeah, I don't want yeah, yeah. to put the fellow down. Uh, so he's you can tell he's the kind of nerd goofy kid of the school. 
he's not necessarily getting bullied, but he's that weird kid that people probably like. He doesn't have a whole lot of friends. Right, right, right. Because he's a little, yeah, he's the odd one. Yeah. So he calls out. He he makes his way down to sit, you know, very loudly uh, next to Zach. And he goes ahead and he calls out to the hot blonde, like really hot blonde uh, in the school. And she, he goes, hey, whatever her name is. Uh, Taylor. Who, who gives a shit? How, how did you know that? Because I have her on my list of people to reference. Do you know who she is? She like, comes up later. No, she does. But do you, um, like, is she in anything? Oh, okay. That's why I wasn't no. sure if that was like, yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> no. don't worry. It's not even worth looking up. Uh, but he calls out to her and she says, hey, chump. And that's what Zach initially thinks his name is. And then he has to explain, no, my name is Champ. Uh, but it's nice that, you know, since we've never talked, for her to almost know my name, that yeah, kind of thing. Right. He asks, you know, he makes fun of the prince, the vice principal anyways because she gets up and she says, hey, I know everyone's excited for the school dance coming up. All the teachers have been twerking about it. And just silence. Except, oh. except for... And this is one of my only complaints about this movie. The very ill use of Ken Marino as the right. gym coach. Because like, I love okay. Ken Marino. Yes. Right. Ken, yeah. So, you know, he's clapping because he's got, you can tell he has like a thing for her. Like Girl right already. away. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. A little, a little teacher crush. Uh, but, yeah, he is not used well in this movie. He could have a lot more. Uh, I'm not really sure why he signed up for it. But. I love Ken Marino, so I like to see him. So then, uh, then Champ goes ahead at at the end of the assembly. Uh, he goes ahead and hands hands Zach a business card, and on the business card, it's got his locker number, his phone number, and it says, I think it says something like um, football uh, football locker room manager, as well. So you know that's Towel what he's boy. doing, cowboy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's great. You know, the principal's parting words to everyone are, you know, hey, if I see your butts, if I see your butts pointed towards another, towards your partner, you're going straight home from the dance and everyone boos and, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. So I like, like, enjoy enforcing that. Good luck with that. Yeah, but this is, I mean, this is the perfect setup for this type of right. movie. Like, this works very well. Uh, so then they go back to, like, the kind of the creepy part where Zach is taking out the trash and he's looking around, and he doesn't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, Hannah scares him from the fence. And, you know, starts making, starts giving him a little ribbon. Starts giving him a little ribbon because you can tell they like each other, like, right away. Uh, right. It's, it's one of those things. It's like, hey, you're my age. You're a girl. You're a guy. And we live next to each other. That's you know, convenient. Yeah, it happens. It, it happens, folks. So they've kind of got this little back and forth. But then, uh, so Zach... Is like, hey, well, what is there to do around here? And she goes, oh, well, let me show you. Let's sneak off. So they walk around, and she, like, is taking him. And he's, you know, she's calling him Freddy Cat. And he's constantly questioning her, like, where are we going? Hey, are you going to kill me? Like, is that? And she's like, I'm going to play it by ear. You know, we'll we'll see. Which is a good line. You know, that's pretty good. Uh, And she, I mean, this is very R.L. Stein. uh, But she takes him into the woods just a block away from civilization and all of a sudden yeah all of a sudden there is just a not even like barely even run down but there's just a circus in the woods in the woods and not only that but the 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 way to turn on the electricity is right there as well so she turns on the electricity and 
all the lights. There's a huge Ferris wheel. There's a fun house. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. All the lights come on. You would think that not only would the power company have shut that down a long time ago, but then anyone in that small town would be like, why would the know f- about it? Yeah, why the fuck right. are the lights? And why aren't people like doing drugs back there? Thank you. And having sex the in the fun. Yeah. Why Thank isn't you. the fun house like a sex palace? Like what is what is going on? <laughs> like in real life there would be like stashes, well, back in the day. Back in the day there would have been like stashes of old porn. And stuff, and people would have been like, oh, look at this. This is amazing. Like, that's how people used to find porn, by the way, when there wasn't the internet. It was, like, in the woods where teenagers would hang out. That's what? True. Was, okay, I was making sure, Kelly, because you didn't no, have... No, no, uh, true. I was about to say, if you didn't have stories like that, I, I don't know what's wrong with your childhood. You know, these millennials... Everybody has those mile markers in the woods where you're like, yep, that's the humping rock, and over there, well, there's this, and over there, there's that, yeah. Even though we're on the tail end of millennials, full-blown millennials don't understand any of that. You know, because they've always had the internet, so they just look for any type of porn they want. But, you know, we had to go out and trudge out and find it. Like, it was like digging for gold. (laughs) That's just the way it was. So anyway, so when I saw this, I was like, what? How is there not, like teenagers and bullies and that's that's one thing they did not go for in this movie which i actually thought worked pretty well there was no bullying there were no bad kids you know, yeah like, no you didn't really run across any of that yeah you would because that's where you would expect to find them would be this area i mean because that's where we we talked about it we talked about the the book it that's and the and the movie as well that's where they would be, you know, down that creek area like that, you know, Bowers would be waiting for them to, you know, hurt him with the switchblade and all that kind of stuff. So none of that, none of that. So she starts, you know, pushing his boundaries already because she wants him to climb up on the Ferris wheel. And he apparently is afraid of heights and kind of, but he still follows her because he's like, oh, look at this cute chick. And they have a little heart to heart kind of looking out into the town and he tells her about how, you know, his dad died a year ago. And she says that, hey, you know, I never knew my mom. They don't get really serious, that kind of thing. It's just a nice little heart-to-heart. Well, no, yeah. It, and it's still a kid's movie, so you're not going to get into any of that kind of... I mean, sexual tension isn't really there. It's just kind of like, oh. No, you know they totally want to make out. To- totes. Totes want to make out. What, you didn't get that feeling the whole time? Because I'm looking at like, these are 12-year-olds. Like, I don't, uh, it just no, no, doesn't, no, no, I'm not connected to They're 16. To it. They're 16. Still, I'm not connecting to these two being like, well, we need to all, screw each other. You're not supposed to connect to it. But the whole point, as we get to in the movie, is they do want to kiss, like, majorly. So, that I'm just saying. That's Goosebumps for you, all right? Like, Goosebumps taught me a lot. <laughs> Deal with it, Kelly. <laughs> 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 what? awesome yes thank you this shaped this shaped part of my adulthood oh yeah it was goosebumps so they walk back it's it's night ish time you know somewhere around there now uh he goes ahead and says hey you know i'm gonna be taking the trash out every tuesday and thursday why don't you meet up with me you know i wouldn't be opposed to that that kind of thing she goes back but then jack black's there and he's like, I told you not to come near her. And he's giving that Jack Black face. Uh, and he's got the big glasses on. Uh, so. Yeah, very, very 60s writer Truman Capote-esque styling they did this character, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a bad, it's not a bad way to start for him, for his character. 
for sure. No, which, I mean, he's kind of modeled uh, uh, after Stein, because Stein's known for those glasses, and he kind of has that look. But, yep. I mean, with Jack and the way that Jack is built, he definitely looks more like Capote than he does like, like Bill Gates. Like, it's that kind of like, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and that's that's actually interesting, too, is I never knew what Stephen King looked like until I was an adult. Like, I, I just never knew. But R.L. Stein used to be on the Goosebumps TV show from mm-hmm. time to time. So he does a very Stan Lee is type of thing in this movie right. as well but he yes. used to do that kind of thing in the show too so uh he he's never been a like hey i need to stay away from the public kind of guy but i've also never seen him do like a signing or anything like i've never seen rl stein do a book reading somewhere maybe i'm not looking for it but i would love to, I'd, I'd love to meet totally. RL stein. yeah i get a picture with rl stein yeah. Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome uh but i haven't seen that kind of thing uh, but he he's not a non-public person, so no. I don't know why that hasn't happened. But so basically, Zach goes back home and he's trying to do his math homework, and he hears and sees the silhouettes of Hannah and Jack Black fighting. Like basically, he's yelling at her and she screams, and you know he's like, "You're never allowed to see that boy again," you know, like all that kind of stuff. So he runs out of his house. Right, and it goes dark. It's very rear window Hitchcock when they do yes. this scene, which is kind of fantastic. So you don't really know what's happened, mm-hmm. and it gives you the idea of is, is it some sort of domestic violence? Like what yeah. what happened here? Like that movie Disturbia, like that kind of thing. Which is a rip off of Rear Window. <laughs> exactly. I know. I'm just continuing on with your conversation. So yeah, he he runs out. He goes to go where the opening of the fence was, and now it's been boarded up. Right. So then he just, you know, goes around and, and goes to the actual house and pounds on the door. And Jack Black goes, what? You know, and opens it. He's like, get out of here. And he's like, what are you doing to Hannah? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you, none of your business. You leave. You know, that kind of thing. He runs back. This is, this is the surprising part for me was Zach runs back to the house. And he has a nice little moment with, with his mom. He's like, hey, mom, I got a Hannah's in trouble. And she's like, oh, who's Hannah? Oh, yeah, like yeah. this big... <laughs> Big smile on her face. She's, you know, she's so happy. He's like meeting people. Every mom does. Yes, exactly. And instead of going like explaining things to her so that maybe she can go over with him, he just picks up the phone and calls the police. Right. <laughs> like right off the bat. I don't have time to joke with you for 30 minutes. This person could be dead. I'm just going to call the cops. Yep. So he goes ahead and calls the, uh, the Madison, Delaware, Madison, whatever the fuck. Uh, I want to... It's too so much. Yes, these were. This was a really great choice for what <sighs> they were doing. So the cops show up. It's it's the mom, Zach, woman and man cop duo, whatever. They they're all now at Jack Black, like in the front of the house, and Jack Black opens up the door. You know, free freeze. Didn't he, didn't she say like you're coming with us? <laughs> you're right. You're under arrest. Yeah. Like, no, no, we're not there yet. Yeah. Hi. And then, okay, so the male cop, who I'm a huge fan of, is actually Timothy Simmons, who's from Veep and is one of the, the regulars on Veep. He's been in the show forever, and he cracks me up. Oh, okay. he's, he's Jonah from Veep, which gotcha. is kind of awesome. He has to rein her in because she's, like, ready to go, like, arrest <laughs> Let's do people. This. Yeah, like, that kind of thing. You know, he asks her, he's like, hey, what? we're here for a 3-0 whatever. And he's like, and that is? And she has to go, like, domestic disturb. <laughs> you know. And he's like, Yes! That's right. You know, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> She's so excited to get something right. You know, they're small town cops, so they don't do anything. You know, weird thing. Then they hear the scream of the TV 
or sorry, they hear a scream. Sorry, I gave it. I gave it away. They hear a scream, even though Jack Black says that he's living alone now because his daughter went home to her mother. Then they hear the scream. So Jack Black has expertly set it up that he's watching a horror movie so that he can blame it on the TV, which is very well done. Right. He's yeah. like, it's surround sound. I, I just like my movies. It's more fun when they're loud. And this is one of my favorite lines in the movie. He goes, sorry, sue me for being an audiophile. And the woman goes, the woman police officer go, you're what a file? <laughs> and takes out, <laughs> goes to take out of her gun. <laughs> I guess the guy from V Pass is like, no, 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 no. Ah! That just means he likes audio equipment. <laughs> it was very, very good timing. Like great, great comedic timing. And Jack Black is giving like smug little looks to Zach as this is all going on. Uh the cops are still doing their little banter. And it's basically like, you know, they're like, this checks out. We, we got to go. His mom is now mad at Zach. And the two officers are like, you know, maybe you need to see someone for your kid because he's he's definitely on drugs. And it's the one time that the guy agrees with the police officer. He's like, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, no, he's, on, drugs. he's on drugs. He's on drugs. So now Zach is obviously mad because Jack Black's gotten one up on him. His mom is now mad at him. Uh, but she has to go chaperone the dance because this is all happening within the span of the day. Right, right. This is a 24-hour kind of movie. She has to go, so she, of course, invites her sister over, Aunt Aunt yes. Meg, or uh, Aunt Lorraine, sorry. Yes. What, what was I thinking of Meg for? Oh, from Twister. From when we did Twister, I was thinking Aunt Meg. Uh, so, yeah, so Lorraine comes over, has another great line where she's like, oh, well, what would a teenage boy need other than time with his aunt to bedazzle? Like, right. she's super excited and thinks that's, of course, what every teenage boy would want to do. And she's like, we'll make this all about him. And, of course, starts talking about her failed date that awesome. she had. Yes, that she had that week. They go out for sushi and both order was at chicken teriyaki. Yeah. So you knew it was fate. And it's like, so you went out to sushi to not have sushi. So I guess it is fate that they ordered the same basic thing. But then she's like, but he hasn't called. And she's like, maybe, maybe there was a fire. Maybe he lost his phone in a fire. And Zach is obviously preoccupied. He's like, sure, fire. Yeah, that, yep. totally. Totally. Yep. It could happen. Yep. And he tells her, oh, shit, you know, I, I, have, I have a test on Monday. I'm going to go up to my room and you should not come up to my room. Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's like, okay. And then she goes, you know what? <laughs> yeah, because she's wrapped up in herself. And right. she goes, oh, you know what? Now I'm just going to call him. I think he's dead. Yeah, yeah, because now I think he's dead, yeah. so I need to call him. So Zach apparently has has called Champ over. Awesome. So Champ shows up in his best three-piece suit. Three-piece gray suit. Yeah, <laughs> pocket square and all. And he's like, hey, man, where are the girls? Because apparently Zach had said, you know, hey, I've got two got girls. Chicks. Yeah, i got two girls to go on the dance. And Zach's like, oh, no, sorry, I lied to you. I mean, there is one girl. And <laughs> And Champ goes, my man. He's like, he's like as loud as possible. Yeah, he's like, shh, shh. So uh, what it turns out is that Zach called the police to pretend to be, or sorry, called Jack Black pretending to be the police to get Jack Black out of the house so that they can break in. And he wanted backup. He wanted a lookout. So Champ is very upset about this because he's been lied to. And he doesn't care what the girl looks like. He just wants a girl to go to the dance with him. (laughs) 
which is fantastic. Do you know people like this, Kelly? Yes. Or did you? Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a little sad, but it's that whole, like, oh, he's really trying. Right. You know what I mean? He's, he's really giving it a go. Zach, Zach talks him into, as they see Jack Black leave to go to the cops, uh, they sneak in. He, he picks the lock to the basement, and he goes in the basement. He tells, uh, he tells Champ to be the lookout, which Champ does not understand because he's so scared. He follows him in and gives a nice little speech about how he's not like normal kids. When he was a four-year-old kid, he was given the gift of fear, and he was one of those kids where when he was on the swing set, swinging he was like this is the end i'm not i'm dying i'm going to die so zach has to tell him look you're not dying at least not today yeah but he already made the comments to the fact of you know if there's one sign of trouble i'm out of here and he's like what no you need to tell me if anybody shows up that's the point of lookout you're out looking out looking and he's like no can i be lookout in here with you <laughs> yes but then they see a bunch of fucking bear traps awesome on the ground and so that freaks so Zach's like, I'm going, and Champ took that as leaving. So he starts yeah, to leave, oh, and then he's like, wait. Cool. So, yeah, and then he's like, oh, no, what are you doing? Like, there's, <laughs> there's bear traps here. So they get around the bear traps, and Champ walks into a huge spider web. Spider and, web, of course. Yeah, but what I liked is there were no, like, pratfall-type things that, you know, they weren't no. going to go. These were real bear traps, so what were they going to? So right. they sneak up to the top of the house, and they make it into basically the same room where it seemed like the yelling was going on before. And what they find there is a large bookshelf full of, and what I liked what they did here is they didn't pretend, they weren't like, what are these books? I've never heard of these. They had heard of, RL, it had R.L. Stein on it, and right. they were like, what are all these Goosebumps books doing here? These are for kids. Like, why are all these but here? They're clearly manuscripts, too. Like, they're not, like, the standard. Like, because honestly, if they had all 60 Goosebump books in their original format, it would have took up half a shelf. Like, those are not big books. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No, no, absolutely. But that's what they were like. What are all these? And they were like, they're manuscripts. You know, that kind why of thing. Why are they locked? Yeah, why are they locked? And that's the thing. Every one of them had a lock on them. Uh, so, but the key is right there on the desk. Jack Black could have probably done a better job of hiding said key. Or locking up said key. Or, yeah, locking the cabinet. Like, why weren't they in a safe? Like, right. If it was that if it was that important, why Dangerous. weren't they in a safe? Yeah, right. exactly. They talk about a couple of the different books, and then they pick up the uh, the abominable snow, ma- uh, snow monster, snow whatever, of Pasadena. <laughs> Because Champ's a huge fan. Like, he's read all the books. He knows all of them. And he's like, you know, oh, I, I can't visit my aunt anymore. Because, you know, she lives in Pasadena. And after I read this book, I couldn't I could. see her anymore. So he's so scared because that's what Zach says. Oh, well, these are kids. You know, these are for kids. And, and Champ is like, no, kids' books help you sleep at night. These keep you awake <laughs> you all night. Like, all he's night. still he's still afraid of these books. Like, he's never gotten. He's like 16. He's never gotten over this fear of goosebumps. He's got the book. He unlocks, you know, Champ asks, like, why are these books locked? Yeah, Zach goes over, unlocks a book, and as this happens, someone takes a swing at him and he ducks. And it's Hannah. And Hannah's like, what are you guys doing in here? Did you touch a book? Like, what's going on? She's freaked out. She's freaked out. And he had dropped a book. He had dropped the Abominable Snowman book as he got a bat swung at him. So he goes and Champ, like, stops him. Hey, my name's Champ. <laughs> and, like, and asks if she has a friend. He tells him, We're going to the dance tonight. Do you have a friend? I don't care what she looks like. 
<laughs> Fucking great. If that's not a great line, I don't know what else is. Awesome. It works. So she goes, oh, no, Did what did you do with the book? Zach goes to open you know, to pick it up, but he opens it. And she's like, don't open it. And obviously now, bam, book opens. Huge flashes of light, lots of wind. Instead of just the abominable snowman like appearing the ink comes off the pages and makes it Love pretty it. cool yeah they did a very good job like because they yeah. could have easily just had it appear yeah and yeah but this was very cool it had like the ink come off the pages and create the creature so he comes up and he has no idea where he is or what he's doing hits his head on like the lamp the you know the the, the sh- yeti the yeti yeah the lamp thing or whatever hits his head you know everyone's freaked out and they're like don't make a sound and that's when Champ knocks over a lamp. <laughs> and now the Abominable Snowman goes ahead and hits the chandelier-type hanging light into the stack of books, knocking all the manuscripts down. So that's a big part of this right now. He lunges for, uh, for Champ, but Zack dives and tackles Champ to the floor, and the Abominable Snowman breaks the entire house side of the house and starts running off. Hannah also runs off and now Zach says he's running off and of course Champ wants none of this but he's going to follow Zach because now that's like his best friend pretty much. You know, right, right. That kind of thing. But they pan back and there's one book that has kind of flipped open by accident as it was hit down by the light. And I forget if they show it. I don't know. I forget if they show what book it is but you do find out when we come back to that part do you remember i want to say you don't get the full title but it's enough of the title for you to be like "Uh oh they follow the abominable snowman and he goes to an ice rink of course of of course they have a little back and forth with him on this ice rink uh where he's trying to get the book and you know hannah knows what she's supposed to do apparently this has probably happened before she knows they have to keep moving yeah she knows you gotta go ahead and open the book to get it in but it gets hit out of her hand you know it's all that of course uh, a nice little part was they were running away from it and champ jumps on the uh the ice cleaner whatever zamboni. the zamboni yep the Zamb- i said ice cleaner the zamboni uh it jumps on that and they're like great idea hit it but it Run only goes yeah it only goes like <laughs> like feet and they're like too slow bad idea get off of, get off of there champ you know, I can think of his Deadpool, and he's just laughing, and it's like, "You're gonna die by a Zamboni." Yeah, awesome. Yes, that was very good too. I forgot. I got. I still gotta watch my uh, Deadpool Blu-ray. I haven't had time. We've done so many shows for this podcast, plus all That's the other true. podcasts I have. I have no <laughs> I fucking time to do it. Uh, so, it's 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 well, it's the back and forth. Of course, they're not gonna get killed by the Abominable Snowman. And right. The the we're snowman, only thirty yeah. minutes into the movie. We can't kill them off yet. No, there's no there's no no way of that kind of thing. When they think that they're going to get attacked where they're basically outside of the rink and the abominable snowman's about to climb over to get them, they see it start to get sucked back in. It starts to kind of turn into ink again, and it's getting sucked by a vortex back into the book. So who could it possibly be? It's Jack Black. And he's like, get in the car. And, you know, like a, like a father, like a, like a father would do. And this is where... They are talking. They are talking back and forth in the car, and this is a great little scene. Basically, he's saying like, "Oh, how could you? Why would you do the abominable snow? Why couldn't it have been like the the hamsters of whatever? You know, why did it have to be the abominable snowman?" Zach kind of puts it together. He goes, "Hey, are you're R.L. Stein?" And Jack Black's like, "No, I who? I uh, what?" 
I've never heard of him before. And that's when Zach and I had to write this down because I love this. He just goes, well, just as well, his books suck. Uh, (laughs) He goes, I I can't decide which one I hate more, Monster Blood or Go Eat Worms. I mean, you see the endings coming from a mile away. It's like, stop trying to be Stephen King. At this point, Jack Black just lays on the brake. His Wagoneer, which is also awesome. Awesome. Yep. His Wagoneer comes to a screeching halt. He turns around, angry Jack Blackface, and goes, let me tell you something about Steve King. Like, he can't even say Steven. <laughs> it's Steve King like, they're on a, uh, like they've known each other for years. Right. Uh, Screw that guy. Yeah. Right. Steve King wishes he could write like me, and I've sold way more books than him, but no one ever talks about that. Way more books. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Hannah has to like comfort him. It's fucking great. It is fucking great. And later on, they actually do mention, and I had to look this up. Arl, so I'm gonna start calling him Arl Stein and not and Jack Black, not Jack Black right. anymore. So Stein later on, when they're when they're running away from monsters, says, you know, hey, I, I've sold over 400 million copies. You don't you don't do that by weak characters or whatever. Right, worldwide. World, and he, yeah. <laughs> And Champ goes domestic, and, and Jack Black's like, "No, worldwide, it's still impressive. It's still impressive." But what I had to look up was that's a true figure. Yep, and, as of 2008. Yeah, and that is more than Stephen King has sold at 350 million. Now Stephen King is still—I don't know how many books Arl Stein is still putting out. Stephen King is still putting out like two books a year almost. He might be near passing him possibly. But that's a pretty interesting fact. I was unaware of that, so I looked up the trivia a little bit. But I thought that was pretty good. So now, now they realize it's R.L. Stein uh, and that Hannah is his, his daughter. And basically, they go back to the house, and R.L. Stein's like, "Don't even worry about this. It'll be like a bad dream. You know, Hannah, we're moving. Get get your stuff. We're pack up your crap. Yeah, we're out of here." And another one of my favorite scenes comes up. Because he, he runs into his study, you know, where all the manuscripts were. And he goes to get uh, his passports and money. Like, he's got a to-go bag, pretty much, kind of thing. And he realizes that, the, that Champ and Zach are behind him. So he just slowly takes... Or he thinks maybe he thinks it's a different character. I don't know, like a creature or a monster or no, something. No, I think he knows I, it's the kid. I think he knows them, too. But he takes this... He takes this piece off of his mantle that's like a statuesque type thing and goes very slowly and then hurls it in what he thinks is the direction of the kids. But it's probably five feet to their left. Not even close. And even if it would have hit them, they would have caught it because it had barely any force to it whatsoever. And he just looks at him and goes, I could have killed you. And they both at the same time go... How? That was a terrible throw. (laughs) Champ is just shocked at how terrible this fucking throw was. (laughs) Once again, like I would say for a for a kids comedy movie that isn't uh you know Pixar thing. Right. Very very yeah. Very very good comic timing. Comedic timing is down pat in this, which I very much enjoy. Stein is saying we're we're getting the fuck out of here. You know, Hannah's getting ready, but then. What they realize is, uh-oh. Well, actually, sorry, sorry. He goes into his backstory. They're like, why would you write these characters? You know, And he's like, well, basically, I had no friends as a kid, and I was 
made fun of and the way I got back was I wrote I made my friends I made these monsters to terrorize the kids in my neighborhood that were making fun of me and they became real to me and then they became real and he he takes a pleasure in that too like he gives that little smirk like this is what I always wanted but now he knows he you know but he's still proud of himself for being oh, yeah. able, you know, he still he still thinks of himself as an amazing writer and creator for being able to do that. But unfortunately, he realizes that there's another book open, and oh no, it's probably the worst one because it's Night of the Living Dummy. Which, if, yeah, if anyone knows Goosebumps, this is one of the most popular characters. Absolutely. Yep, and he is very good. This was this was the perfect storyline wise. It makes perfect sense for him to be literally the puppet master for right. all these characters. He thinks, you know, Stein brought him back to terrorize, you know, to take down this town, you know, but he hasn't seen him in forever. So he's like, "Hey, you know, what took you so long?" like all that kind of stuff. Uh, and basically says, you know, "Hey, let's go out and do all these bad things." And Jack Black or Stein knows you know, hey, I got to get to this book to get him back in there before anything bad. So he's trying to play along, but he says the word dummy, which pisses him off, which it did in the books too. He's not a fan of being called a dummy. And he realizes that Jack Black's trying to put him back in the story. So he escapes. He escapes and starts lighting things on. He takes the books and starts opening them and lighting them on fire so that they can't be put back into the books again. Right, right. He's releasing all the creatures. I mean, this is this is a character who I actually I remember him. Yeah. Um. This was this was Jigsaw before Saw. Like this was. Mm-hmm. It's that character where you're like, ah, oh, there's something about mannequin. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, and I think there are. It's worse than clowns. Like they're they're worse <laughs> than clowns. Like I can't no. See, that's the thing. I have never been scared of anything before, so that doesn't. No, it's not. You can roll. Go ahead. Hey, by the way, you should probably say I roll because it is a podcast. <laughs> like I'm the one seeing this, but you should probably say that to the listening audience. No, it's it's for, it's it's serious. None of that stuff ever. I'm more afraid of real life stuff like injuries and stuff. And I'm not even afraid of zombies. The only thing that's that makes me afraid of zombies is I would never want to be one. That's what makes me afraid of zombies. But other than that, like I've always been like. Hey, if Jason's going to come after me, I'm not really worried. Like I'm pretty sure I'm going to get away. If I was if it was Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm going to do what they did in the 4th movie and use why does Freddy get powers and I don't? So obviously in my dream I'm going to have powers, so I'm going to use right. those. You know, that kind of thing. I just always that's the way I always had a I had a defense mechanism for all of those horror movies. So, so you never had a monsters under the bed. You never had a room in your house that you wouldn't go on without the lights on. You never had any of those. My parents told me one time, my parents told me one time I had a nightmare when I was really, really young that Alf climbed up to my second story window, opened it up and threw a worm at me and I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what my parents told me. Yeah, but that would be terrifying anyway. Like, yeah, that Alf was, was creepy as shit. He was creepy. Like, but I wanted I watched the show all the time. He was like, I wanted him to be my friend, but for some reason I had a nightmare that for some reason he was throwing a worm at me. Terrorizing I don't, you. Yeah, awesome. I have no idea. So that's that's something I remember from childhood. But other than that, that I'm not clowns don't bother me, dummies don't bother like none of those cliche stuff bother me. 
See, I don't think I had anything, like, iconic like that when I was younger. Like, it was never, I mean, they're creepy. Like, it just, but it's not something that I ever, like, manifested anything to. It's more along the lines as I remember there were specific rooms in certain relatives' houses and in my houses where I lived where it's just, like, there was always a weird noise or there was a weird smell. And it's just one of those, if I don't need to go in there, I'm just not going to go in there. Like, it just doesn't, nope, I'm good. Oh, okay. I can see that. So back to the back to the movie. So Slappy, that is the name of the dummy, by the way. Slappy uh, is terrorizing. He he gets in the haunted car. You know, he opens up the book. So now he's got the haunted car that's driving him around, and he's just tossing books left and right into yeah. like crowded places and into people's homes and stuff. So he is. They are terrorizing this town right from the beginning. There really isn't any of that. We don't believe you stuff until later you know very end kind of stuff because it's happening everywhere that kind of thing like slappy is very good at what he's doing and he's making bad puns and like bad jokes the whole time he's going like it's it's you Um, know i'm it's that kind of an act like you know like that's the personality type of that character yeah and it works perfectly the first thing that they get attacked by they're still back (gasps) in their house are the lawn gnomes (laughs) yep (laughs) which was a good book i remember that one being being a good book so they have to you know they're like oh maybe they're friendly and then a knife zings by (laughs) and they're just trying yeah they're they're doing a nice um a nice homage to uh gulliver's travels they they get uh jack they get stein on the ground and tie him up and they're gonna put him in an oven and they have to take a swiffer and start beating the crap out of all the the lawn gnomes and every time they break though they reform yeah, so there's like, yeah, there's like hundreds of them. Uh, so they really, they realize they can't, you know, hey, we got to get out. We, we can't fight these guys. Uh, so they go through the basement. The bear traps go ahead and start mashing them, but they're still coming, that kind of thing. And that's where uh, Stein makes a comment about, you know, making 400 million sales and like all that kind of stuff. And when they go outside, they realize, hey, what are all these little you know almost like firefly looking things in the in the sky and it turns out it's the embers from all the books yeah all the ash and embers that uh that slappy has been burning so they're like why is he doing that and stein's like so they can't be put back into the books and then he has a little rl stein moment where he's like it's slappy's revenge and then they kind of stall and he's like that's a great title (laughs) (laughs) and everyone just kind of looks at him but so one of the things Slappy does, which is obviously very smart, is he takes the plant one, and I forget exactly what the name of that one is, but he throws the the one with the plant with all the poisonous uh, fl- Venus flytrap ones. He right. throws that on the cell tower to take out the cell tower so that people's cell phones won't work. Uh, now, mind you, when I saw that, that's what triggered me to think of Jumanji because of the plant that grows in you. Like, that's immediately where my mind went to. Oh, my God, Jumanji. Like, that was yeah. what hit it for me in this movie. That was very, very Jumanji. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, basically, they they start, you know, they start putting out, and I have a list of some of them, uh, of the monsters that are in this movie. So, they've got, you know, Night of the Living Dummy. Uh, they've got the uh, the Haunted Mask Girl. They've got the Abominable Snowman, which we've talked about. We've got the Werewolf of Fever Swamp, which we'll meet later. Uh, Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes, which we just talked about. Uh, the Giant Playing Mantis from A Shocker on Shock Street. Uh, they've got Help, We Have Strange Powers. Uh, Creep from the Deep. The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. Uh, Attack of the Graveyard Ghouls, which we'll get to. Calling All Creeps. 
Vampire Breath, like How to Kill a Monster. They've got all these. I mean, it's tons of monster creatures that they uh, that they put in here. The Blob, the Bees, uh, the Cuckoo uh, Clock of Doom. We didn't mention. I forgot that that was in the basement, which yep. is great. You know, little things like that. Uh, Slappy's going around opening all these books with all these creatures being let out, uh, and they go to back to the uh, the police officers. And you think they realize what's going on, but instead he's pitching a like a movie. He's pitching the movie to his new partner, I guess. I'm assuming right. she's new because she's not very smart. No. Slappy shows up, and they call him a dummy, which he does not like. So he invites in the aliens that freeze people. And I forget what book that's from. Uh, yeah, I don't remember which one. I think that might have been After My Time or something. But these aliens come in and freeze them. And it turns out these aliens have also been freezing a lot of people in the central area of this town. Hey, you got to get rid of the police force, right? Even though they weren't very good to begin with. But I think this is the last time you see them, right? I believe so. Which is a shame. That's yeah, a, that's a little bit of a they shame. They are funny because there, there could have been a lot more. I mean, you could easily have put them up against the poodle. You could have put a, them up against the plant, and that could have just been awesome chaos. Yeah, even having them follow the kids around would have been a lot of fun. Right. That kind of thing. But still, I mean, look, you had plenty of good characters in this movie. So right. they cut to a scene where the poodle, the poodle is showing up to uh, <gasps> Aunt Lorraine. Love and, the pool. Yep, and Aunt Lorraine's like, oh, hey, I'll go get you some water and then we'll walk you around the, the neighborhood to find your owner. You know, is it a, you know, is he single? Is he cute? <laughs> like, is, is he married and needs, <laughs> and needs a push to leave he, his he wife? He needs a little push. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, that kind of thing. And then, uh, of course, the poodle goes crazy, monster, and, like, attacks. Uh, <laughs> uh, Blade Trinity. It has that kind of a face suction thing Oh, yes, it. true. Wow, I can't believe you brought up Blade Trinity. Yeah. Wow. Well, wait, wait, wait. Was it the second blade? Was that? No, it was from the second blade that the mouths opened up stupid. They didn't do that as much in Trinity because they realized how dumb it was in the second. No, but Trinity is where you meet the Pomeranian that does that and the Pipples. Oh, right, right. Nope, you're absolutely correct on that one. The the little ragtag group of people make it to the the center of town where the police are. (laughs) Champ thinks he sees his dad frozen. And goes up to him all freaked out and realizes it's not his dad. No. (laughs) Oh, Champ. He's great. The idea that Zach has is like, hey, if you were able to bring all these monsters to life, like, why can't you just write another book and put them all back? And Jack Black's having none of that. He's like, oh, that's a stupid idea. Like, oh, you know how many books I'd have to write? Like, that doesn't work. And everyone's like, no, that's a good idea. You should do that. Just write one book that sucks them all in. Like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's And he's like, <laughs> I have no better idea. Basically. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, but I need my special typewriter. The typewriter has a soul, you know, because it's from the book. He's, he goes, it's in a safe place. Now, this I didn't understand. If they move around so much, why would his typewriter be held in the high school in a, uh, in a case as like a gift? You know what I mean? Well, I feel like it, it's one of those. It, well, you don't know how long that they have been at this one, for one. Um, and if it's one of those, if I keep everything fairly separated and obviously if the, if the typewriter is locked up, I can't keep writing these and I can't keep creating these things, which is also kind of good. So it kind of prevents him from, well, that totally makes sense. I just didn't know if he was going to leave that night, was he going to go get the typewriter? You know, like that kind of thing. That was the only weird thing for me. Yeah. That's what they decide is they have to, they have to get to the school in the school. They must've paid these extras a lot of money to like really show that they were having fun at that dance because i have never seen you kidding me yeah like they were having basically almost a mosh pit 
in that, in that dance. It made no sense to me how much they were they were extraing. So his mom can't get a Zach's mom cannot get a signal because the cell tower is down. And they have a little moment with Ken Marino where he awesome. like scares her. But then this scene is only like thirty seconds long. Ish. And, yeah, and goes nowhere. <laughs> so no. it's like, okay. Yeah, he's just like, Oh, the cell towers are down. That's been ha- that happened earlier. Whatever. Right. Uh so they're driving in the wagoneer. Yes. And they're talking, uh, they're just talking about what they're going to do. And the invisible boy shows up <gasps> and starts slapping Champ. <laughs> and Jack Black, you know, just speeds up the car and leaves him. And, he, you know, he shouts back, you know, like, hey, that's rude or, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. yep. But as they're, as they're driving, you know, there's a telephone or a electric pole down. One of the electric lines are down. And Jack Black has to, you know, swerve around it. And he realized, and then he hits something anyways, and it turns out it's the giant praying mantis that we had brought up earlier. So now you get the nice praying mantis chase, which I thought was pretty well done. But I just was like, when did I write? Oh, I did write this. Yeah, as like, soon I as it that. like upchucks on its windows, <laughs> on the windshield <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so then they have a little car chase downtown where the mantis is pretty much destroying everything, trying to chase them, and, you know, everyone's telling him what to do, and he's like, I'll pull this car over, you know, that classic line, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, And they make it to a supermarket where, unfortunately, somehow, after making it through the entire town, city, whatever, he, you know, sideswipes the car and flips it over (laughs) somehow. The mantis goes ahead and rips open the car looking for him, but they've already escaped into the supermarket, that's, they had such low mileage. Yeah, <laughs> because the mantis, Stop. the mantis goes ahead and like to add insult to injury, like destroys the car. <laughs> the car. And Jack Black's just like my wagoneer. <laughs> such low mileage. And like the funny thing is, is like okay, so they discontinued. Actually, I'm a huge fan of the wagoneer. Random yep. thing. Um, they discontinued it about 15 years ago, but come to find out, thanks to Jeep and its popularity, it is coming back with wood paneling in 2018. Wow. So excited. I mean, look, for the audience <laughs> listening, that just made their podcast experience. Like I'm just like it's I'm that's what I'm getting. I'm it I'll trade my whatever I'm driving, that's getting job that's getting one of those. <laughs> if you if you're listening to Ian Hates movies, that's why you come. That is yes. just why yeah. That's Jeep why. sponsorship. <laughs> I, I we've been working for it. So I I've been working on Pizza Hut. I've been working on a bunch of Pepsi stuff. Pepsi yesterday. I Coke mean, you Zero. know, it's just oh, right. I, I wanted to, Coke Zero. I mean, come on, you know. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, so they're they're in the they're in the supermarket now, and they're arguing back and forth. And Champ's like, "Oh, I'm so I have no money, but I'm so thirsty." And Jack Black's just like, "Take a soda, yes, right? Take a soda." He's like, "I'm sure <laughs> they'd understand. Like, I'm sure they'd understand." So he gives him an orange soda, and Champ's like, "Ooh, orange, you know." And they're <laughs> they're walking around, and then they see the werewolf of Fever Swamp. From Van Helsing. But. Exact same well, CGI. Then it, well, then it rips off. Then they then Van Helsing ripped off this original story then. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no. Like no werewolf like, story is original, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean. But what I liked uh-huh. about this CGI one is it's like the book where he has basically like gym shorts on. And his feet go through the shoes. Through the converse. Through the converse. Yeah. Which is pretty good. The little attention to detail is good on that. So they're like, oh, no, they have to end, you know, of course, Champ doesn't see the werewolf and opens up the soda and the werewolf hears it. So now they have to sneak away. 
And another great scene was Jack Black goes over to a thing of Axe body spray. (laughs) (laughs) And just starts spray like i don't know they must have that must have been a fake one so that he didn't have to go shower after this scene because he is lathering emptied that can yeah, like this is worse him. than deet like yes. this will take out bugs everything it's like those uh one of my favorite commercials of all time is always during christmas when uh the bod the bod uh spray ads come on <laughs> because it's in like a windex bottle <laughs> and yep. you know it's just so like people's grandmas see it and are like my young son would love that you yeah, know like, you get that with brute like that's just what you do yeah it's it's ridiculous so he's just he's literally spraying it all over him and then sprays it out and walks through it and, and zach's like what are you doing he's like that's the werewolf of fever swamp he knows my scent like i gotta mask it and then smelling's like it's not working i have to nothing. i have to go i have to go. <laughs> it did nothing so anyways they they of course you know, get in a chase scene with the with the werewolf, and you know it's all pratfall stuff. Like after this, it's it's right, fun. Right. It's fun stuff. You know, uh, Stein gets stuck in a uh, in a shopping cart and has to be pushed by Zach because there's no time to let him out. You know, all that all that stuff, all that fun stuff. Then they uh, they lock the werewolf out. You know, they get outside, lock him out, but it doesn't hold because it's just a regular door. And they do a nice little cool scene where the werewolf gets out and then goes in between two trucks. And kind of is walking like evil down the two trucks and has his claws out and is scratching the trucks as he goes towards them. And what's nice is Stein does like go in front of the kids, you know, and, you know, it's it's a nice little thing. But who right. who who shows up? Because, of course, they're focused right on the werewolf. So you don't see the left and the right. So who would show up? But Aunt Lorraine, she, she shows up and hits him into a garbage <laughs> dump thing and gets out and she's frazzled because apparently she's had a huge fight with that poodle because it's got <laughs> you can see the hair in I her know, hair it's all in the hair yeah, it's all in awesome and they're like what you know zach's like aunt lorraine what are you doing here and she's like this is the back of my store and they look over at the parking space sign and it's bedazzled and you're like what? it's the little touches in a movie which are good you know what i mean like she didn't have to show up for that but that just worked and then she realizes that they're with Stein, uh, and she starts to kind of come on to him a little bit. And yeah. he's like, hey, you know, he's like giving her the eyes as well. And as, you know, Zach's like, hey, we got to cut across. We, we got to cut. We're going to the school. That's where the typewriter is. You need to go to the police and tell them to come meet us at the high school because uh, R.L. Stein's with us and we're going to, you know, save everyone. Right. And she's like, okay. And she's like, hey, you know, as they're running off, like to Stein, like, hey, what about your number? And he's like, it's not an appropriate time, but yes, we will. You know, yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll totally be in touch. Not yeah. a problem. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so in order to in order to make it to the school, they have to, as Hannah had said in the supermarket, they have to cut through the graveyard. Because, right. So of I love course. The, the layout of this town is amazing. It is. It it is a great look. And you know, uh, Stein is like. You know, how how do you know? How do you know about this? And she's like, um, you know, when you're asleep, I sneak out at night and go exploring. And he's like, Check you are out. you are grounded. <laughs> of course, you know, they, they have to get the basic right. lines in. But I think I'm not a huge fan of Jack Black normally. I mean, we've had no. this we've had this talk about how much I despise some of the And that's the thing. If I despise movies, I often take it out on the actors that are in them. Like, I always remember them for those roles. So I have a... 
a large dislike for a lot of Jack Black movies. But I think he does. I think what he's doing in this character is very, very good enough that he gets away with the cliche lines. Yes. Because he's pulling it off. Like, I believe he's this character in this movie kind of thing. Uh, they, they're going through they're going through the graveyard. Champ is explaining his name to R.L. Stein. He's like, so what's you know what's your nick like your nickname, but what's your real name? And he's like, Champion. He's like, your parents named you Champion. He just starts making fun of him. Oh yeah. And then Zach and you know Zach and Hannah have some more flirty moments in the graveyard, and she's like making fun of him, Freddy Cat, but she gets scared because she gets caught like her hoodie or something gets caught on a statue on a on a grave, and she's freaking out. He's like, whoa, calm down, it's okay, you know, don't worry about it. And she's like, oh, my hero. And he's like helping her. But while this happens, now I'm going to say, if you didn't know that this was the case, even without reading the books, you should have known better. You should have known this little twist. When the moonlight hit Hannah, she became ghost-like. And he didn't freak out. He was surprised. And she was like, what's wrong? You know, and he, he kept it to himself. But she is the ghost next door. Which yep. was a great, uh, which is one of my favorite Goosebumps books. It, you didn't have to know that before the thing, but you should have known as soon as you saw her that she was probably a book character. Right. That kind of thing. Uh, because that's very R.L. Stein and Goosebumps. And basically any movie, too, to do something like that. I mean, I, I'm, I would imagine that would happen many times. He doesn't tell her, you know, about that part just in case i guess she doesn't know something like that but then the ghouls start attacking of course the the zombie ghouls they they run and they they make it to the to the fence and all you can't get through i can't because champ is your favorite character i know cracks your shit up which is awesome he's so great so the kids make it through but the the fence is obviously the gate is kind of closed and a little skinny yeah and, and Arl Stein makes it and he's like eh, he's like I can't make it go on without me and Champ goes okay and he just, just takes off and he goes what kind of person would take me up on that offer <laughs> so the other two kids help him the other two kids help him and he's like let's go get that little imbecile and anytime you call someone a little imbecile it's fucking great fucking great so he's like come back here you coward and they run after right. they, they run after Champ uh, it's it's well, like I said, comedic timing wise, it's it's really well done. Uh, so they make it through the graveyard. They cut to Aunt Lorraine. She makes it to the police station, and no one's around. But she starts in the microphone, starts saying, "Hey, all coppers or all cops, like go to the high school. R.L. Stein is there. They're going to save everyone or whatever." And there's Slappy in the other room with a cop uniform on now. And he's like, howdy, ma'am, you know, that kind of thing, like doing a good job. And she starts to go, wait, you're, uh," and he's like, don't say it. Say it. Don't say it. And she's like, dummy. And he's like, ah, you said it. Uh, And the aliens come and freeze her. So that's, that's it for Aunt Lorraine. They cut to the school where the dance is still going on, but the hallways are all dark. And R.L. Stein's like, hey, we have to find the case that the typewriter's in. Let's, let's split up. And Champ's like, what? Like, haven't you ever read any of your books? <laughs> you never split up. You never split yeah. up. Uh, but they do. She grabs, Hannah grabs Champ, and they go off. And then Zach grabs R.L. Stein and moves him into a room. And 
Oh, it sounds like you're touching me. You're t what? What? You're touching me. What is going on? And that's where Zach confronts him about Hannah. And R.L. Stein, you know, confesses and says, you know, I was lonely my whole life. I, I stopped talking to people around your age. Like, this is what she's real to me, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, right. does she know? And he's like, no. They basically are like, okay, we're going to continue keeping this a secret from her. But obviously, Zach is very hurt because he's like probably fallen in love with her by now. So they go ahead and they, they find the typewriter. R.L. Stein says, I'm going to go off and write. You need to go warn everyone. As he walks into the room, the 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 playroom or the uh the auditorium he sees that they're gonna do a play on the shining yes and is so disgusted he's like really <sighs> yep yeah. and he goes to write then you go back to the dance party champ gets up on the stage and doesn't know what to say so then zach jumps up there and obviously he says hello to his mother first and has to explain that hey you know there are these monsters out to get everyone and she's like, not again. And Hannah's there and is like, no, no, it's real. My name's Hannah. Nice to meet you. She's like so excited to meet her and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so then uh, Zach gets up on stage as well. And keep in mind, no one in the school knows who he is. Because no. he's only been to the auditorium in maybe like one class. Who knows? Right. Like, who even knows with the school? Uh, so he has to explain to everyone that monsters are attacking the town. They're cut off. The cell towers are gone and rl stein is in the auditorium writing and he's going to save them or whatever so a large gentleman kid is on the for some reason he's on the bleachers while no one else right. is and he's like no he's right they're they're monsters and starts making a joke and everyone laughs and then all of a sudden looks outside wait there's a giant monster eating all of your cars and everyone's like dude it's it's old and then right. the praying mantis rips apart the wall and snatches the kid and you don't see him until later. <laughs> right. So now everyone's fucking freaked out because there's a giant praying mantis outside, obviously. And Slappy has brought every single monster creature he possibly could to the high school. And they just keep on opening more and more books and setting more and more fires. And they, he's saying, hey, this is the best night of my life. I don't want this to end. If you don't want it to end as well, we need to get Stein. And he's in there, which is great. I mean, that's, right. that works. Every All these creatures should be following his lead. If they get R.L. Stein, basically they can live. They'll be real. Right. That kind of thing. It works out perfectly. Now all the students and the teachers start barricading the school. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't really last long. Uh, it's, it's a very weak barricade. Little robot monsters break in and are saying we come in p peace as they shoot lasers out of their eyes. Uh, right. Every other creature, everything. yeah. Every other creature is making it in, and now you got Champ's time to, to shine here, uh, <gasps> because hottie, hottie blonde girl is with Taylor. her. Yep, is with her. I don't know, whatever, probably football player boyfriend or whatever. Right. And she's saying, hey, shouldn't we? They're running through the halls, and she's like, hey, shouldn't we be helping? And he's like, no, we need to get out of here. And as that happens, the werewolf shows up again. He leaves her, you know, presumably to die. Right. And she's like, we're so through. And Champ sees what's happening and gets his nerve for the first time. He's not going to run away. And he jumps on the back of the werewolf and starts biting its neck. Awesome. <laughs> yep. It was very awesome. Uh, the werewolf is completely shocked and surprised and limps off, you know, with the dog kind of whimpering. 
uh, and runs away. She is so taken aback by this heroism that <gasps> she hugs him and then comes out. And you think that's going to be it. But nope. Champ gets the kiss. Oh. Yep. And not only that, not only that, he has to pick the fur out of his mouth. To get I, the uh, oh, it's perfect. Uh, and then he gets a kiss and is like, oh, I thought I was just going to say hug me again. <laughs> it's just so, so fucking excited. even better. Yep. So it worked out very well for, for Champ there. Then more creatures come in. Jack Black, Arlstein is writing some more. But uh, Slappy makes it in, of course, because he just knows all the places to go he always it's very similar to the book he always shows up in the right places for him at the the wrong times for everyone else jack black wants to get away but doesn't and he gets his fingers broke in the keyboard by slappy right, right. nothing else major happens there that's the big that's the big deal right but he does get away now he can't write anymore yeah. and he does get away too so they all retreat to the storeroom and they have another fight with now this time they fight the plants. <laughs> so they fight off the plants and then the moonlight's coming in and this time everyone sees it. Champ and Taylor. Champ takes uh you know, he takes uh Zach aside and says, Hey, she's one of them and he's like, I know and I don't care. Right. You know? And they all run off to the storeroom and they lock themselves in there and every creature imaginable is coming now. The clown is at the forefront, <laughs> like all that, all that shit. They're all locked in there, but they have an idea. Jack Black says, "Hey, they only want me. You know, if you finish the story, and I'm gonna take a bus and I'm gonna go." And this is where he has a little heart to heart with Hannah. <laughs> he has a great heart to heart that, you know, hey, I don't hate people anymore. I've been like, I have to do this. I, I don't, I don't hate the world like I used to. I have to save everyone. And fucking champ puts his arm on his shoulder as he's making like his farewell speech basically and goes, I believe in you. And Jack Black just loses his mind and goes, shut up. <laughs> just turns on him and goes, shut up. And then goes, oh, I, I mean, I'm sorry. Shut up. And goes back. And Zach goes, wait, wait, wait. I have, a, I have another idea. So you see, the, you see the bus go presumably with Jack Black in it. And Slappy's like, no, 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 no. There's no way you, you get out of here, Stein. And all the monsters leave to go follow the bus. Chase the bus. Yep. Now, it turns out they are in a different bus. This bus is going automatic somehow. I'm still not sure how they got the bus to go in a straight line. Well, they line have the mannequin like, and they have the, and the gas taped down and you know, all that kind of jerry-rigged. The straightest road ever. Apparently. Uh, yeah, with out of no, town. no issues. So the monsters no. all catch up with it. And they also rigged it with explosives. So when it blows up, they turn into ink. But only for a while. That is, you right. cannot kill these monsters that way. So everyone escapes, though. The regular ragtag team, they, they escape. And the place that they decide to go is <laughs> the circus. Because where yeah, else would carnival. you go? The carnival, right. yeah. Where else, where else would you go? Uh, so originally, Jack Black's like, you know, right that we're going to the arcade. And they're like, there's no arcade. So then they're like, the fun house. And Champ's like, no, not the fun house. <laughs> right, please. Yep. So all the creatures regenerate and they make their way to the fun house. Uh, and there's where Slappy finds, you know, basically says, how can you run? You can't run from me. You are me. Like, I'm right. you. We're the like, same person. Yeah. And at this point, he opens up the book for the blob that eats everyone. The blob comes out. Uh, Stein goes, you know, he gives the typewriter to uh, to Zach, 
and says, I'm going to hold him off. You need to finish the story. Finish the book. Yeah, makes sense. Makes total sense. They climb up on the Ferris wheel. He starts writing. He says, and then the monsters all disappear into the book again, never to be seen from again. Uh, Slappy is Slappy realizes that the book is not in Jack Black's hands, and the monsters realize they're on the Ferris wheel, so they push the Ferris wheel so that it now rolls by itself. But the story is pretty much finished. The story yeah. is the story is done. They bind it up and they're ready to go. They get off the Ferris wheel. But what they realize is now, or what Zach realizes anyways, is he said all the monsters, all monsters, all monsters are going. So they're all headed because he wrote that they're supposed to come to him so that they can all you know get trapped back Final in the book. Scene. Back in the book, he realizes no, I can't open the book because you're also gonna go. And she, it turns out, knew. Right. And he's like, "How did you know?" And she's like, "I can only have a girl can only have so many sweet sixteen parties before you right. know." So she's actually older than sixteen. Oh like yeah. te- you know, technically, he's now. It's a very touching moment because he doesn't want to open up the book, but she makes him. She goes ahead and she opens. She's like, "I'll be in your, I'll be in your imagination. That's where I belong." But he holds on to her, and this is where I start getting a little teary. Oh. Yep. All the. All the monsters are now coming. The book opens. They're all being sucked in one after another. He's still holding on to her. Uh, she's ghost-like at this point. And now all these creatures, the big praying mantis is going above Jack Black. And then Slappy jumps on Jack and he's like, Slappy's not happy. You know, and he's like, I don't care, you dummy. And he kicks him in, you know, and Slappy has a nice little parting line, which is see you in your dreams. That's a nice little haunty little thing for kids, I'm sure. <laughs> and at, so all the monsters are going, but before, before finally, and there's a, I like the music a lot in this part. Um, it's hard to describe. It's like disaster type movie kind of thing with the, with the wind going and everything, but it's also a little sad. It's got that sad tinge to it as well. Right. Uh, and this reminded me if anyone has played the game uh, Final Fantasy X. It was very reminiscent of when you find out that Titus isn't real and they go to hug one last time and they can and Yuna's like heartbroken. This is very similar to that. Kelly, don't shake your head at me. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm a lover at heart. Uh, that's what they say. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like I, I like these sappy type. If it's a well done story, I no, don't no, like, no. And This it really isn't is. leap year. This isn't fucking no. leap year. All right. This is this is a real story that you actually feel for the characters a little bit. That kind of thing. And you know, this is like young love. They're sixteen. Like right. I don't know. It's just so what they no fin- one's jaded yet. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and they finally get their kiss because that's what I said. They've been working towards the kiss for forever, so they have a nice. True. Yep, they have a nice little makeout moment, and then she gets sucked into the book. Uh, and everyone, you know, Champ's got the book. Stein is very sad, obviously, too, because he's pretty much lost a daughter. And they're all kind of around the book until they cut to now. I have no idea how long it took them to get back to school, but basically, they cut to them going back to school. There are construction workers like are finishing up on everything. Yeah. And then everything. in this, in this also, I don't know. It feels like it's been some time. No, yeah, it's got to be. I want to say a couple months because they got to rebuild the whole damn town. Yeah, and that they, they pull up again, and and Zach's mom's like, "Hey, I'll give you sixty seconds," and he's like, "I don't care. Like, let's just, yeah, let's just go <laughs> in." 
At this point, everybody knows we're related anyway, so it's kind of like... Mm. Plus, I'm pretty sure he has some street cred in that school after saving everyone sure. as well. Right. So, you know, what does he care? So he walks in, and it turns out that now R.L. Stein has taken over the English class. Uh, yes! Because the other teacher had a fight with a large praying mantis or whatever. Right, and, and, and it's still recuperating. And they show the kid who was taken out originally with one of those, like, neck and back metal huge braces Screwed on. into, yeah. yeah. So he's okay, folks. I don't think anyone actually died in this movie. <laughs> like, no one... Right. Well, yeah. it's a kid's... It's it, PG. And it, it's a kid's movie, so... Exactly. So, as Arl Stein introduces himself, he says there are three parts to a book. There's a beginning, a middle, and the twist. The twist. Uh, which is, you know, obviously, like we said, it's what M. Night Shyamalan bases his whole fucking life on, apparently. Uh, nice. But Arl Stein actually does it well. So what I also liked is he counted he counted the way they were supposed to count in Inglorious Bastards. If you remember that scene where they're in before the whole big shootout, is he counts with his thumb first. One, two, three, instead of holding up the three no, middle. Yeah, you're supposed to count with your thumb. That's that's what tips off the German guy that they're British spies or whatever spies that aren't really German. So I like that right. they did that here as a little thing as well. Uh, they have now our Stan Lee moment. Yes. Which was very well done. Uh, R.L. Yes. Stein, who most people know, you know, most people know what he looks like now. Uh, he walks by Jack Black's character and goes, hello, Mr. Stein. No, no. He says, hello, Mr. Black. Mr. B- no, no. Uh, no. no get, Mr. Black is the new drama teacher. Yes, but I just said that R.L. Stein said, hello, Mr. Stein. No, I know. Yeah, that's I uh, fucked it all up, Kelly. Fucked it all up. So the character R.L. Stein in real life walks by Jack Black and says, hello, Mr. Stein. Jack Black then goes, hello, Mr. Black. And Zach goes, who's that? And Jack Black goes, oh, that's a new drama teacher. So it is well done until you ruined it, Kelly. Until you ruined it. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, they're now having a little bonding moment themselves and zach asks him you know hey do you do you miss her and he goes look hannah will always be you know points to his head his head his actual head his forehead he'll she'll always be in here and then he points to his to zach's heart and says she'll be in here and then she'll also be in there and points to his head and then points in and then goes also in my in in here and then right over there yeah. and points out to the side and Zach's like, what does that mean? And looks over, and there's Hannah! Yay! Oh! He made her, he wrote another story. Uh, so he wrote the, he wrote a new story, and then he lights it on fire, puts it in the can. Zach runs to Hannah, they kiss again, and then, you know, hold hands, and they give these nice looks back to each other. Like, apparently, R.L. Stein doesn't care that that's his daughter, and they're about to go have sex, probably. Right? Are they not? Wouldn't they go to that fun house right now and go have sex now that she's real? No? Is she? No, she's definitely real now. She has to be because he burned the book. So that makes her real. That's why they couldn't kill any of those yeah, creatures. But, no, but I'm just saying, though, just because he burned the book, does, uh, does she still turn back into a ghost in, in the full moon? No, because he wrote the story. Like, all he had to do was write that story and make her not a ghost. And that's what he did. Cause all right. Yeah. And now Pinocchio is a real boy. Okay, fine. Yeah, exactly. Last but not least, obviously, because it is R.L. Stein and it's Goosebumps, there's, True. Still, there's still more. 
so as Jack Black is walking alone in the school, a light goes out, and he walks by his typewriter, and someone is writing on his typewriter. Click, 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 And click. it's the Invisible Boy. He awesome. Was, yep. And it goes, it's, he's writing The Revenge of the Invisible Boy, and it turns into a Goosebumps novel, and then they go through the credits. Yep. And there was nothing at the end of the credits. I looked. I didn't, no. I didn't see anything. But it was announced that there is going to be a sequel. Really? And they got the same director and I think the same writer uh, nice. to helm it, which is good because I think I, – I really don't find anything wrong with that movie. I think there were, there were small amounts of plot holes. I think the acting was very good. I thought the writing was good, and I thought the comedic timing was on point. So for a kid's movie, technically, this was at least a kid's movie that you could go to as an adult and be fine with, especially if you read the books, because they did not, right. they didn't do any disservice to the books, I think. No. Um, if they had, like I said at the beginning of this, if they had made a one-off movie where they tried to adapt one of the books, they're just too short. They they don't work as a full length feature film. Yeah, yeah, they're all short. They're all short stories. I mean, that's just. So let me so let me ask you first. Would you recommend this movie? Yeah, I would. And I think I I mean I'm pretty sure people can tell I would as well. Uh, but let me. We never even you know obviously because we're you know going out talking about this stuff right now. Uh, I didn't talk about the books necessarily, and I wanted to talk about three of my favorites. Okay. So one of the favorites was the ghost next door. So that was the Hannah story. So the twist, the twist in that one was sh- she's the main character. So you're you're hearing the story from her point of view. She thinks that the new kid that moves into her to the house next door because she sees him disappear, she thinks that he's a ghost. It right. turns out that she is actually the ghost. That her family died in a fire, and she's the one who disappears and that's why she doesn't remember like seeing him at certain times because she just disappears and reappears in certain other places so i thought that was very well done uh with that book so you're saying that m night ripped that off to make the sixth sense yes actually yeah Yeah. because she ends up saving pretty much yeah she ends up saving uh the kid as well because he he starts running with like a quote-unquote bad crowd and they leave him to die in a fire by accident and she saves him from that fire. And that's when she realizes and then she gets to go to the afterlife with her family or whatever. Right. That was that one. I thought that one was very good. I, I liked a lot of them, but these are three of my favorites. Uh, the other one was the very first Goosebumps book. It was called Welcome to Dead House. And that one was great because it was a family moving into a new town, which is very reminiscent of lots of Goosebumps. A, a lot of times it's new people coming in and having to deal with weird things. Uh, but right. in this one, it's his house, and they realize that everyone around them is dead. So they have this, they have this artifact in their house that their grandparents gave them or something. It's really ugly. But it keeps their, like, any of the new people that come into their house, like, are shunned away. Like, they, they don't know what's wrong with this they're like oh that's so you know whatever and what it turns out is that everyone in this town is dead there was a uh like a plant accident or something where everyone has basically been turned into zombies so what they do is they have to feed every certain amount of time so what they do is they just have a new family come into this house and they make them one of their own and each you know until they need to feed again then they bring in another family like that kind of thing. And the way they trick them is they trick them into they think they make them think that the artifact is what's attracting them, but it's actually what's saving the family. 
and they right. yeah they end up surviving and leaving but and they see the family try and you know they see the town try and do it again basically they're like you can have a great life with us you'll just be dead and you can continue on with us you know that kind of thing is it it's a little psychological kind of thing you know and it works it was it was very good but that was the first one and then my favorite one welcome to camp nightmare do you remember that one at all because they definitely made this one in the tv series as well i want to say i do remember it but it's 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 not right in the forefront for me this is the one where uh the main character goes to camp and a lot of weird strange things start happening in the camp and like if someone gets hurt like people are getting hurt in like weird situations people disappear there's a bunk there's a a forbidden bunk that they're not supposed to go to the camp counselors are like mean and weird and he kind of gets a nice little tight-knit group of friends but people start getting picked off they realize that all their letters aren't getting sent back home like and then people start disappearing even more and he needs to fight back at one point they say that camps at the towards the end of the book they say that campers that he was friends with are on the loose and they have to shoot them to they have to capture them and shoot them basically and he's like i'm having none none of this and when he gets his weapon he like turns it on the camp counselor the twist is everyone comes out at this point and goes yeah and everyone's clapping all the people that were gone and he's like what's going on and they're like oh this was a test and his parents show up and they're like yeah we have this special mission that we're going on to another like another world and it's very dangerous and we needed to test you so everyone was in on this like test they wanted to take their son on and it turns out they're going to visit earth so multiple twists all in one good lord but the whole story was very good i mean it's you know if you've ever been to camp too you know about some of the weird stuff that goes on right so just imagine now that campers are disappearing and there's a forbidden one and there's a creature out there like lurking that's why this was a very good one so yeah so that's uh, that's Goosebumps. I mean, I could talk lots more books, but those are three of my favorite. So yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie to people. Uh, I know we've been ba- bouncing around. I mean, last week we did Twister. Now we're, now we're doing Goosebumps. We have no rhyme or reason for the no. movies that we're choosing. Hopefully everyone's enjoying it. Like I said, if you have movies, you ha- have suggestions, whatever it is, uh, you can always ping us. Um, but before I do plugs and everything, uh, Kelly, would you like to do your plugs? Uh, yeah, you can always find me on Instagram at Nerdy Girl Ivy and, of course, uh, Facebook at, New- at Nerdy Girl Ivy. Very nice. Uh, everyone, somehow you're listening right now. I always got to say that. Somehow you're listening. I'm, I can't be talking to people that aren't listening, so you're listening somehow. What would really help us out is if you could uh, rate us on iTunes or any of the other Stitcher, Google Play, favorite podcast listening app. Rate us, leave a review, preferably five stars, especially if you like what we're doing. Uh, but all that stuff helps us out, uh, gets us up there on the rankings, gets us out to more people, which means more content. Uh, we can do a whole lot more uh, if we're out there to more people. We're still growing. It's it's the you know you got to market yourself that kind yes. of thing. Yes. So you can always go to www.ianhates.com. There's a submission form on that site that you can go ahead and you can use that uh, there. Uh, you can also talk to us at Ian Hates Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ian Hates. Uh, you can Gmail us, Ian Hates at gmail.com uh, to write us anything, feedback, 
movies, ideas, all that kind of stuff, whatever you want to talk about. And then I also have a music podcast called Ian Hates Music, and you can follow that the same way. Um, I'm still not going to give away some of the major bands that we have coming up, uh, but we have a lot of good stuff in store. Basically, every week we have a band interview, plus we do news, reviews, uh, random, se- you know, funny segments and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that can be found in all the same places on the same website, www.ianhates.com. All of our stuff is on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, everything you could possibly want. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, we're not going to do any movie news right now because I don't think there really is anything that major. I no. mean, uh, the Purge election year new trailer was good. You know, that kind of thing. But we had already talked about it being good. I mean, right. they, they do a trailer right. They're kind of taking a little bit from Deadpool with making it a little bit different uh, and interesting. So we'll talk more about that as that goes on. They had a huge uh, possible Dark Tower spoiler which, com- bum, bum, yeah, which completely changes everything. So I do yep. not want to talk about that on the show because <laughs> only people who have read the books will understand the possible spoiler, but it also gives away a lot to say it out loud. So we will leave that for now. Uh, and then, yeah, I think we'll come back. I, th- I think we'll come back and our next movie... Uh, Kelly, do you want to say the next movie? I am so super excited about this because it currently has a lower rating than Batman vs. Superman on no Rotten way. Tomatoes. I know. I can't believe that. It's going to be thrilling. We are keeping on the same vein because this is a book first. Sort yeah. of. Sort of. <laughs> um, well, but, it's books. <clears throat> plural, right? I, yeah. I am in the middle of the second one and can't seem to finish it. <laughs> and Ooh, it's, no. It's three books. Uh, And no, it's not uh, Hunger Games and it's not Twilight or whatever. I have read and I have read and we are going to do the fifth wave. Woo! Yep. So some people may have never even heard of it because it was in and out of theaters very fast. Uh, There was a big marketing campaign, but apparently it did not work very well. Um, Uh, They didn't even make their budget back, actually. No, and that makes sense. But it, it stars Chloe Grace Moretz. Who unfortunately yep. has had a bad run of film choices, mm. but I didn't think I didn't think the book was that bad. It's it's in the young adult realm. Um, I was asked to read this book series. Like I said, I still haven't gotten through it. The book isn't very bad, but it's it's too bad that now everything's in a formula. It's like you have a, a young girl who's against the world. It's you're supposed to be your strong female character who then has a love triangle. And now this one just has aliens in it. Like that's unfortunately that's the way it goes. Now we're gonna watch the movie and we'll review it for you. I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun. But I'll try and compare the book to the movie as well, which should add an extra layer to it. You know, something like that. So we will do that next, and then our possibility of doing X Men Apocalypse, we shall see. Yeah, we'll see. But anyways, so uh, thank you, Kelly. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Much appreciated, and I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. 